What's the yeah. business? Man, so hey, check this out, bro. So earlier today, uh, I got home. I was fried. <laughs> <laughs> the shout out uh, starts already. Starts yes. already. Starts yes. already. And I was like, you know, I, I just got a haircut. Woo, shout out my barber. Crispy. Thanks. I like it. I Thanks. like it. So got home. I was like, man, I'm going to take a shower. So I got undressed. And I was just standing in my room. Just like, ah, this is nice. And then, you know, I uh, I had a poot, so I let one go. <laughs> that took a turn. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I let one go, right? And I'm like, ah, okay. this feels great. And I'm like, ooh, it smells in here. And then I felt an acid-like liquid dripping down my leg. Oh. And then I I, I, I decided I, I, I it was time to go shower. So uh, I yeah. grabbed my towel, held it up just like this, and I moonwalked my ass into the shower. <laughs> Lost my ass properly, and here we are. Wow. That's quite the journey to get right back to the show. Yeah, here um, we go. Oh, wow. and I forgot to mention, uh, when I farted, uh, all my records fell. <laughs> what the? <laughs> yeah. What is happening in your house? Yeah, look, I'm I'm serious. Like, I'm picking these up. I'm mad. <laughs> How are things outside of your, your toilet escapades? Because um, you've been on a tear the last week. All right, so let, media, me, sir. Let, let me tell you about my weekend. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. All right. So there was, there's multiple layers to my weekend, but let's start with, um, Friday night into Saturday morning, mm -hmm. if you will. No, actually, no, it was Saturday night. No, I'm sorry. Saturday night into All Sunday right. morning. All right. So before I tell you about it though, I need to give everyone, the listeners and you a backstory. So if you could just <laughs> hop in the May back and we can go way back. <laughs> oh, I like that. Very <laughs> nice. Very nice. All right. So. Me and um this uh this individual have history. Uh sure. from a, from a few years ago. We were um we were involved with each other sexually, romantically, whatever you want to call it. Got it. Um let's call her we're gonna give her a Pokemon name today. We're back properly like we always do it. <laughs> we're gonna call her um we're gonna call her uh Blossom. Blossom. It's yeah. Pretty, if, if you know, pretty. you know, if you know, you know. Oh I you know. know, you know. I know it. Pedal dance, you feel me? Pedal uh, dance. Okay, okay. So Boom, yeah, we used to have history. Woo, woo, woo. Obviously, we separated. Life took its turn. But, you know, we we stayed we stayed cool with each other. You know, we stayed in contact here and there. Woo, woo. Yeah. Which brings me to last Saturday. So, I'm getting fucked up with all my cousins. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my yeah, cousins you from were. Minnesota. I'm getting <laughs> fucked up with all my cousins from Minnesota, right? And uh, I hit her up. Right. And I'm like, oh, uh, I'm in town. What's up? And she was like, uh, what you doing in town? And I'm like, um... You know, I'm with the OGs and, you know, we're just drinking and shit, chilling, doing some family shit. And I was like, uh, send a shot, send a little shot tag. So she sent me a video of her taking a shot. Boom, boom, Got boom. It. I sent one back. Yeah, I sent her a text. I was like, you trying to kick it? Knowing the whole time she has a boyfriend. Oh. Knowing the whole time she has a boyfriend. I, I, ain't give, I ain't give a fuck at that point. You know, I'm, okay. I'm, a, I'm a bold, I'm a bold man already in, in itself so you get me off the henny oh my lord oh don't start with the henny dude oh, oh my lord no. you get me off the henny man everything goes <laughs> it's still here it's still it's here it's still there go on she's like lol uh aren't you talking to somebody special at this moment i was about to ask hold on hold on hold on okay hold on. okay hold on okay. hold on and then i hit her with wait don't you have a boyfriend oh why are you responding to me? Why are you entertaining me? Put that reverse card down. But <laughs> but then I was like, uh, but then I was also like, but according to my calculations, I'm single. That's fair. That is fair. She was like, all right, if you say so. But she didn't say yes. She didn't say no. 
she just sent a bunch of winky faces and <laughs> called it one. Okay. And then I came to my senses. I was like, all right, let me chill. Let me chill. Let me not. Let me chill. I mean, I didn't even want to like, when I said kick it, I didn't want to, you know, smash. I really didn't. Low key, right. low key, I just wanted, I know she liked to smoke and I know yeah. she don't smoke that much. So I was going to be that, hey, let's smoke one. Right. Enjoy her talk. company. Yeah. Yes. And let's yeah, yeah. talk. You know what I'm saying? It's been okay. a while. You feel me? Sure, I sure. See you be, you be, you be double tapping my stuff here and there. I be double tapping your stuff here and there. You know what I'm saying? You know what's going on with me? Apparently, since I don't know if she watched the show or what, because she knows I'm talking to somebody. I don't know how she knows. That was a very popular clip. Just saying. I don't know how she knows. <laughs> maybe, maybe she saw it. Maybe a friend of a friend gave it to her. Who the hell knows? But she knows. Maybe, maybe. But yeah. Anyway, that's that. Yeah. Okay. Now Sunday. Let me tell you about Sunday. Okay. So uh, my cousins and I were at this uh, Hmong festival. Uh, they, they had uh, sports tournaments. They were playing nice. uh, volleyball and football. We're over okay. by the football side, right? We're watching the women's play. Great game. Uh, sure. I'm not going to say the teams. You'll see. You'll understand why. That's fine. Uh, you know, they play whatever. Cool. And then after they play, we watch the men's finals. And after us, I mean, I said after us, and behind us, as we're watching the men's finals, after us, there's a, there's a group of girls, right, from, uh, from the winning team. And there's also a group of girls on the other side from the losing team. Okay. Game's boring, to be honest. And <laughs> my guys turn over and look at me, and they're like, oh, we about to hit it. And I'm like, all right, bro. You know, I'll shake up. Woo, woo, woo. Hey, I'll catch you. Uh, drive safe. We'll have a safe flight home. Boom. Right. So I go back over to uh, where uh, my other cousins are. Yeah. And on the way there, boom, a girl from the winning team texts me. I'm like, whoa. Check this. Okay. She's, she's telling me, like, yeah, uh, I've seen you some years back, but you had a girlfriend at the time. And I knew that was you today. And I was like, what the oh, fuck? Oh, so she so saw my... you from across. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. She noticed you. Yes. So I hit my guys up like, hey, yo, who's this? And my guy hits me up like, yo, that's a man. I'm sorry. That's a man. Like. A man. That was a man. Yes. All right. All right. And I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, hey, a very beautiful man, apparently. I, okay. I guess so. I mean, I, I took it as a compliment, but I don't. Yeah. Even like, if that's not your thing, I mean that's still a nice gesture and compliment. And how, how, like they're they're um how should I say this? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> at a loss for words. Hey, it's 2023, man. Like that that's all good. Can you at least have? I don't know, man. They're not gonna wear a name tag or something, man. Like just I mean, you no, know, it is what it is. Like I, mean, got, I, I didn't. Yeah, no, I mean, that's nice. Then you move on. So after that, um. I came to I the conclusion. <laughs> I came to the conclusion. Uh-huh. Maybe I need to chill the fuck out. <laughs> oh, so it came all the way back. It came all the way back. Now we're back to this chilling out. The weekend, you know what I'm saying? Time. Like, see, I, I was, I was outside of the area code, so my mind was elsewhere. I get it. Memorial Day weekend, uh, all vacation, well, you know. And to give you, and to give you an update, and the listeners an update, I haven't texted. Uh, yeah, Nubian Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't texted her. Are since. you going on a second date? Since yeah, I know we're supposed to go on Saturday. What? You know, uh, I think I mentioned it to you. I was going through uh a lot of purging. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, I got you. You did say that. And I was stepping in into my my third eye. You know what I'm saying? In nature, really trying to clear my energy to really mm-hmm. um get over these traumas that I haven't let go of for whatever Absolutely. reason, right? Absolutely. And something told me like my in- I don't know if it's my intuition or my 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 fucking spirit guys or my third eye opening. Up. I don't know what happened, but it was just like yo. Mm. Ain't gonna be able to give you what you need. did. You actually say that to her, or you just no? I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I, I didn't. Oh. I didn't say that to her. I, I ain't oh. say nothing to her. I ain't say nothing to her. But it's little things I pick up on. Like, huh? I don't want to give too much out, but uh, <laughs> like 
this is how I know you're not from me. All right, just an example, okay. quick example. Okay, right? fair this enough. How I know you're not from me. All right, go ahead. I'm like I mentioned before. I'm very spontaneous, mm. and I'm very like I'm very much a throw chaser. Sure, I I think we all got that. So I'm one of those type of. I'm one of those type of uh, uh, partners or boyfriends, whatever the fuck you want to say nowadays. I'm one of them types that be like, I'll hit you up at like 2 a.m., mm. 1 a.m. Hey, you trying to go to, uh, like, hey, you trying to go to Denny's or, hey, you trying to go to El Greco or, I mean, trying to hit up George West. Or, you know you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Just, just to go chill, you know what I'm saying? Or you trying to go get some McDonald's and just go kick it by the lake or some shit. Sure. I hit her up like that one night, right? Oh, since the first day you've hit her up yes. for the late yes. night meal. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Honestly, just All on right. some random shit, like, you know what? Let's get some meat. Is she, yeah, is she, is she really like, is she's really going to be that one for me? She would I do this. Like, it's just, it's just, uh, um, well, what are those things called? It's just a standard that I have. You're, it's like you're setting benchmarks as like small tests to see if it's worth yeah. you even pursuing it further. There you go. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Wow. You materialize my thoughts. That's what I do. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Cause I, when it comes to women, sometimes my mind's all over the place. Cause I'm thinking, damn, I still smash, but damn, I can't do it. You know what I mean? I can tell. Yeah, you're very torn yeah. between two worlds, which you did mention yeah. before. My yeah, question right. is this. Now that you understand that you are consciously setting these benchmarks, you think that's healthy, knowing um, what you know. Because <clears> you were all about this girl. You've been talking about her for weeks and weeks on the pod. Look, so like, you weren't look, shy look, about look, it. Look, I'm not going to lie. Look, I'm not going to lie. I hid my... uh. My my concerns, if you will. I hit my concerns, if you will. Uh-huh. I, I, I just said all the good things. I didn't want to say anything. Which, any, that, any that's either. natural. I think anybody has. So, There's always pros and cons. Yeah. I get that. But but that was one of them. Sure. The, the, like, the hmm. fact that she wasn't going with the flow at 2 in the morning is a benchmark that you ever, like, red flag. Yeah, and let me tell you why. Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, man. Look, it's 2023. Yes, it is. 2 a.m. I'm not a stalker, but I see you online. Sure. So she awake. You awake. What'd you do that to him? You don't think it's some scandalous, do you? I mean, if it is, it's none of my business. But well, I mean, it, like, that's not what I'm looking for. That that's sure. my point. That's sure. my point. And it's not that I'm assuming the worst. It's just I know how females are nowadays. Mm. And I've seen this before. True, but you also just told a story about how you're kind of creeping around, like in Minnesota, like you're single. So, and like, you're right, and that brought me to. Ways. You're right. You're right, and that was going to bring me to my next point. Uh-huh. Is that. I'm single, so whatever comes my way just comes my way. Sure. And so uh, I have no obligations to anybody right now. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying you do. Uh, All I'm saying is last week, because I listened to the pod, you know me. I always got Of course, hear, yeah, yeah. I know. Last week, I was like, damn, that's why I titled the clip the, the way I titled it. I'm like, what the fuck? Right. So, like, <laughs> like, like low-key, this don't even sound like me, but this shit is kind of funny. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was very entertaining, yeah. but it was yeah. very much from the heart, too. You could tell you were skin genuinely about Yeah, I was. I was. Even yeah. with that, you know, first time dating, first time meeting her in person. You were very genuine that she giving you a little bit of the tinglies and stuff. So like, you know what? I have so- I have a confession. I have a confession. Okay. Loki, sure. I th- these are my confessions. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> but but like to be honest with you, I feel like a lot of that was attributed to the way she looked. If I'm being honest with you, that's okay. As I look back, sure. Um, which is cool because which, which is cool because man, she is a fine piece of woman. I would not I lie mean- to you. I've seen pictures now. I, I mean, she's very attractive. My thing is, like, it's not a problem to say, like, at first, it's looks. You have to have that physical attraction before, again, 2023. I'm the biggest fucking horn dog in the world. Right. This especially with, with you. But, like, this day and age, like, physicality comes first, whether we like it or not. And then you look for that emotional connection later on. But 
it's been a week, sir, and you already flipped the script on this. That's why I'm just kind of like, are you bailing because you're scared? Or are you no, no. bailing because there's really red flags? You're just like, eh, no. I'm not really about it. I know. I'm not I'm not going to try to force someone to... I, I don't want to force anyone in a box because I don't want to be forced into a box, right? Of course not. Of course not. These, these are my uh, needs and wants. I'm very aware of them. Yeah. I'm very aware of my strengths and weaknesses. And so that's why my needs and wants are the way that they are. Maybe one episode we can go through them. Oh, I think we're going to. I got okay. some ideas for some relationship topics and we're gonna yeah. dig deep dr phil yeah. style we'll 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 negotiate we'll negotiate we'll, we'll negotiate that's cool oh our guest of honor is here i think you should start the music sir and then we'll bring him right in all right man we're gonna play the music right here boop boop boop, boop. one two Nice. So, again, welcome to the Bank Bro Show, everybody. My name is Siege. This guy pouring his soul out is Ryan. Hey, everybody. <laughs> back again. You already know, Simp2000, that's me. Oh, yeah. And, of course, this is what? Episode 19, I believe. So, we're not even going by metrics anymore. I'm just bringing guests in whenever we get a chance. And when things align, it's perfect. And let's bring him in right now, and I'll give him the introduction that this man deserves because he has a very special place in my heart. There he is. Can you hear us? Yeah, how how well can you hear me? We can hear you just great. Oh yeah, we can hear perfect, perfect, perfect. Live, live and living color. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program, entrepreneur, entertainer, beat maker, spiritual guide, mm. and quite honestly, the best dancer I've ever seen in person. Ladies and gentlemen, DJ Ramon Dixon. I'm glad to be here. Really. Absolutely, man. I mean, no, we've been talking about this for a while, and just I know when it comes to sports and just basketball, essentially, what we're going to get into today. Like, other than Ryan, you like the number one dude I know when it comes to this kind of knowledge. And you know me, I don't know shit about this stuff. <laughs> like the late '90s kind of NBA is my thing. So, yeah, I definitely wanted to bring you on, and I'm very happy your schedule worked out for it, man. You appreciate that. Absolutely. I'll give people just a little tidbit about why this man is very special to me. Uh, Mo, as we call him, is actually the reason I met my wife a long time ago, far, far away. Back in little, what was that, Greenfield, Wisconsin, I believe, where hmm. you used to live. Um, won't get into the whole story because we can save relationships for another day. But I did meet my wife, my future wife, at Mo's party, New Year's Eve, uh, just about 13, 14 years ago. And this man set up the whole thing, he kind of just facilitated. It started with a little conversation because, to be quite honest, I was chopped out of my mind that night. So, couldn't tell you much about it. And then, <laughs> following Valentine's Day, Mo kind of hooked everybody up, said, like, Hey, let's go out to the bars, go to the clubs. Valentine's Day, let's just, you know, get a little wild and crazy. Long story short, talked to Rachel even more that night. Mo kind of pushed me to say, Hey, you should get her number. You should start just talking to her, see what's up. Fast forward 13 years later, two kids, house. And a dog, podcast, living the life, and it's all thanks to this man right here. He even said a, an amazing speech at my wedding, brought the people to church. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. I, I don't I know did, if he, yeah. yeah, man, I don't know if he even <laughs> planned that. He didn't have a note card in his hand or anything, just off the top of the dome, and people are like sitting there crying and shit. I was like, wow, like that's like the one thing I can remember from my reception, other than, you know, getting drunk and dancing all night was Mo's speech. So 
just somebody who's always been a friend of the family, very close, a brother of mine. And we've been through a lot. He's, you know, moved on to bigger, better things. And we're just going strong here and there. I'm very oh, proud yeah. of you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate that. Same with y'all. Like, look, I, you know, I don't like, the, I, don't, I know people use the, you bring the horse to water and drink type of thing. But look, <laughs> you just kind of you put people in a position and then you just hope, like, I don't even think I really did anything. You just kind of see something where, you know, people might have their, their curiosity and questions and then you just hope for the best you know because yeah i would say it's a lot of pressure because let's say they got together and it didn't work out then is, is it my fault too you know <laughs> oh i would have blamed you for sure yeah 100 i should have never met her it's right? your fault like you know so. all your fault <laughs> no it, it worked it worked out pretty great i would say i i think she would agree maybe today maybe not so much I'm kind of nagging her today. Yesterday, she would have grew. <laughs> hey, Mo, 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 Mo. First of all, for the rest of this show, I'm going to call you DJ Hits from now on. DJ Hits. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> DJ Hits, I got a question for you. Did you know CJ and Rachel would work out this way? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I It's interesting just because you just, I don't, you know, I, I guess at the time, so 2009, 2010. Yeah, around there. So... You have to realize we were twenty early twenties, so mm-hmm. you you really never know. Like to be honest with you, there's a lot of there. There can be two dope people that can meet each other. You know, two great people they just meet each other. They're everything you can imagine, mm. but ti- timing could be off, right? You know, sometimes mm. because on occasion, you know, on occasion people might meet someone it's like, oh, this is a great person, but it, it's, it has to be two things. Number one, the, both people have to be prepared to know how to maintain and how to evaluate having that person in their life. And also too, it depends where they are mentally and emotionally, because there's a lot of good people who met someone. They feel like this other good person has a lot of potential. They've had different situations had in their life. And because of everything they've probably been through, they end up, it's easier to push those type of people away, you know? And then it, usually they kind of go back like, Oh man, I met this person when I was this young and I wasn't in a good place. So you know, I think that for both of them, I can imagine that they 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 met at the right time. But at the same time, it was a lot of growth that had to happen. Mm. You know, like I, I can say that I know exactly the moment where it probably could have been a, a hesitation move. But like I said, it takes a lot of growing, too. So, you know, uh, I'm glad it worked out, you know. Uh, and so, because like I said, you know, if it didn't work out, guess who, Ramon, why didn't you tell me? And I was like, I don't even, I don't even, you know. <laughs> and also, too, what's, what's kind of underrated, though, there are people who are, like, really good friends, but they are bad significant others. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Facts. Absolutely. Facts. Like, Absolutely. This, you know, it is, and that's the, because it takes a different type of, like, you, you have to, it's the equivalent of like when somebody say, man, this person would be a great member on a championship team, but they probably can't be the leader of a championship team. It's almost like that. You know, like Absolutely. you want them on your team, but you don't want to be, you know, the number one option on your team. You right. know, so uh, it takes a lot in order for you to do that and be ready for stuff like that. Absolutely true. That's, man, how topical is that, Ryan? Before you man. came on, we were just talking about that kind was, of vibe, too. So that's hey, God hilarious. Made this God, God <laughs> said somebody had to hear this, and he knew it was me. Oh, they brought Mo into your life. Oh, man. Mm. It's funny how that works. But, yeah. I mean, he he's absolutely right. I totally agree with that. And he can speak from personal experience. Uh, Mo himself, I've seen that man grow for years now, and he now has recently gotten married himself. So, by his significant other, he raised his profile and understood what he meant 
in relationships and were relationships to him. And he did that same deep dive that I've been talking to Ryan about for weeks now in that introspective look and said, hey, this is the space I'm going to create in my heart for yeah. the right person at the right time. And trust me, I, I won't put my own blast, but like I know plenty of females wanted him. But Mo is probably the closest thing to a saint I've seen when it comes to temptation. He was always about just the mental game first. He wasn't trying to get with all these girls out in the streets and the clubs. And, and trust me, like I said, that man's out there dancing his ass off. I could, you know, I could, I could damn near two step. That's about it. But this dude would take over the club every single time we hit it. And girls are just going crazy. And he's just, he's not about it. He's just, hey, oh. good company, good company. That's about it. I need mm. you to do me a favor. When y'all get all this right and edit it, send me this clip. <laughs> this part right here. Oh, because I, look, the thing about it is, look, I, I like I've 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 always been hesitant on like I, I kind of get energy and vibe. Sometimes I I really do be surprised if somebody did like me, or whatever. But it's not something that I just seeked out just because if I start doing that, it kind of you kind of ruin the mood for yourself. It's the right. equivalent of like. Yo, I'm going to go to the club, and then you're going to spend $20 going to the club. You're going to be against the wall all night trying to find out which one you want to talk to. And then that <laughs> happened. You're like, man, that was whack. You That's didn't me. even try to have fun. <laughs> you didn't make an effort to do anything. And so if I was out here trying to seek that, I'm like, yo, I'm rude for myself. Like, when you have the aura and the energy, people want to be around that aura and energy. Now, don't get me wrong. There's been some probably some missed opportunities, and there's times I've hesitated. But, and you know, in the moment, like, yeah, man, really could, you know what I'm saying? But, you kind of look back and say, you know what? I think I made the right decision. If if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Right. Um, I, I am an advocate of I think the friend friend zone is underrated. Yes. I just like to say it's the most yes. underrated. <laughs> I, I have so many women friends where you learn so much about them when like look at there are people you like, yes. oh man, I, I love to be in her life and change her life. But like I said, you don't even know if she's ready for that, that type mm -hmm. of energy. So if you get put in the friend zone and people treat you like a friend, you kind of, that's what goes back to. They're great friends. They're bad when it comes to relationships. They kind of have issues, their decision-making, the type of people they choose. Right. And you, you kind of like, damn, that kind of, that saved me from a headache, you know? Uh, <laughs> I, I've always been nice enough where I don't say it, but I be thinking it and I just kind of keep it cool. But that's the good part of being a, a friend of people where there's no uh, obligations. You know, you, you have... You know, relationships, you can't really say no. You're a friend. You don't want to say no, but you can kind of, it, it's not something you force to have to, for the sake of a happy life, happy wife type mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See, I, Absolutely. I agree with you, man. The friend zone is always underrated. I, I've always had a saying, it's a shoulder to cry on is going to be a dick to ride on later. You know what I mean? So just play your role for the meantime. Trust wow. me. They're they going to break up. Trust me. And you know hey, what she's going to call? The guy friend that her boyfriend hated. Uh, Ghostbusters, aka the Nutbusters. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dead! I've never. Hey, hey man, you gotta, you gotta live that. You gotta live that Paul George life. You know what I'm saying? You get drafted. You kind of just play your role, and then when Danny Granger get injured, all of a sudden you crossing over LeBron to dunk on Birdman. No, oh. like, sideways. Like, oh, shit, I didn't know you had it like that. You like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Tell your friends about me. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, but I, I, yeah, I've always kind of played it cool. Like, you know, it I, my. What goes on here on the outside, like me, like this inside is too. It's too, it's like inside out and inside they out here like ah. I just, <laughs> you got to be out here chilling, like. But yo, can yeah. I? How much can I really cuss on here? As much oh, as you feel free. Like fucking time. Feel free. I got a saying I've always said. You know, you're a grown ass man when you turn it down. Put that's very true. Like that is the that is so hard to do. 
it's easy. Like it's 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 cool with me now. Like I don't really involve myself in anything. I would like, hope it not. So <laughs> hard. It's it was so difficult because I don't know how you did it. All right, this and this I've had friends who and like they've met women where the women want to give them the pussy. Cool. That's great. They get it in, do your thing. I've kind of the reason why I tiptoe is because I do wonder because people might like me so much. If I do something, they want to give me more than that thing. They want they also want to give you their heart. And if right. and in my mind, I'm thinking like, man, like I'm not a bad person to sit here and do that, but I don't want to put I don't want to be hesitant in my head, like I don't know. Because even if you're honest and straightforward, like look, I don't know if I really want a relationship. To be honest with you, I People assume this. I was never really the relationship type. Not you because I didn't, but I just it's not like I wasn't gonna make a good personal date. I just I was always just kind of like hesitant or just kind of I was trying to figure things out because I always knew expectations become so much different. And I tell you how I tell you how the moment I knew this. Well, I went to Parkside. I went. Uh, I lived across somebody. We called him Cowboy Dan. And so he's working <laughs> with this girl. He's working with this girl up in the uh, at Parkside cafeteria. It's my freshman year. And so he was on the phone uh, with the girl and she was with her friends. So I go in his room because he had like this old thing where you could hook up the old Nintendo game. So I'm in there talking and it was all like all of them on the phone and they hear me in the background. It's like, oh, who is that in the background? It's like, oh, that's my friend Ramon. So they's like, oh my God, he sound cute, blah, blah, blah. So they end up, you know, they end up, I, I went somewhere with my homegirl cat to the mall, like a racine. She's like, yo, I need to go to the mall before I go to work. I was like, cool, I go with you, whatever. And so I come back and they was in his dorm room. Now it was three friends. Two of them liked me at the same time. You know, I found out till later. So this was when the, like Yahoo chat was like the thing. Oh, so no. Remember, so, you know, for me, both of them kind of talk and see how you're doing. And the thing is, is like when someone like I learned when they like somebody, even if they're friends, they're willing to throw each other in their bus. So yep. I'm like, oh, what you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm just chopping a worst name or I'm talking. You know, same thing. It's like, I don't know why you're talking to her. And they start putting their business. Yeah, she out here. This and it, it, no, seriously, it became a real thing. To the point where they literally told me straight up. I was like, look, I just I, I literally said, forget about me. I really don't want y'all friendship to break up because I, I literally said that. Like, I, look, I know this podcast sometimes I'm not gonna say women in general, people of the opposite uh that you might attract can be hard hit. And in that moment, I was like, yo, I literally said, like, forget this, forget y'all friend, don't don't ruin your friendship because of me. No, you better choose. I don't care because this and this. Oh. It literally turned into one of those things. And so I just kind of played it safe. I did kind of talk to one more than the other, but I played <laughs> it safe. And they still not they didn't become friends. Oh, and, wow. then I, and then I became cool. And then I became cool with one of them still. You know, and I remember when I started dating, do you remember my ex Do you remember my ex Michelle? I do. When I was like yes. 20, 21 years old. That's right. I start I started dating her. And I remember she hit me up because I think she was in like Kentucky for the summer. She said, This is the worst someone's ever hurt me. I can't believe you ended a relationship. And the thing about it, we didn't date or anything. We didn't even do anything. And she said that. And I was like, yo, imagine your feelings is hurt. And you said it's the worst thing that ever happened to you. And you just got a relationship where it was a very physically and emotionally abused situation. Mm. Like I'm trying to remember exactly the details, but like to, I don't want to say the wrong thing. But she's been through a very rough situation. Sure. So for for this person to say this is the this is the worst someone's ever hurt me. It was based around emotion, but then I understood what I might have meant to that person for them to feel that way. And I was like, no, I got to tread lightly because you might not assume people's feelings, but they feel way more stronger than you are, and you never know until something happened and they express and you out here like. 
I didn't even do it. You know, it's like <laughs> you can say the wrong word. Huh? You can say something wrong and they think you broke the law. So I was like, I have to really oh. tread lightly and be very respectful. My bad. I got long one. No, that's how we love that, man. That was great. Yeah. yeah. No, that was very insightful. Yeah. Very insightful. Man. man. See, that's part of that growth I'm telling you about where you look at situations like that and just go, A, what could I have done differently, if anything? And then B is just like sometimes situations unfold. That were always going to unfold. And sometimes you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like it sounds like in that situation, you were just a catalyst. You were just a spark for what sounds like a very weak friendship to begin with. So if you weren't even really hollering at either one of them and they're ready to shatter, you know, shatter everything for the idea of being with you, like that's a weak friendship to begin with. You can't put that on yourself. So it's yeah, it's just Hard those decision situations. making at 19. That was that yeah. was very difficult oh, decision God. making at 19. Oh man, I can only imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine, bro. And you know, we older than you, Ryan. So again, this is before apps and all that shit. So it was just like <laughs> just kind of dealt and just fell into this kind of shit. It just manifested oh, yeah, that's when, itself. That's when you said to wait till after seven or nine to you know make calls. You oh, know? not the anytime man. minutes. Oh, or you just go on MySpace. Or MySpace, yeah, aim, MySpace. Uh, MSN Messenger, whatever. Yeah, that's right. All that you, make it, you make your top eight disappear so no one gets mad. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, my God. That's bringing it all back for me. As soon as someone was off that top eight, you had to hear about that shit. Damn. Man, man. That was the, the be-all, end-all friendship was that top eight. I, I miss man. those days because the, what I, I miss about MySpace, outside of, you know, creativity, sometimes some people pages oh, yeah. a little longer than others. My biggest issue is when everybody got on Facebook, everybody felt like they got something to say. And it's like, yo, I don't really hear that. Like, yo, yo, I miss Facebook when it was like mostly college people. And you could yep. say, hey, class was tough today. Hey, man, the press was tripping. Now, when you start including everybody else, your auntie, your mama, or grandma, uh, the cousins, people in the neighborhood, they talking about, look look what it is now. Everybody telling uh, business that we really don't give a damn about. Like, right. Like, did you get an A or B on your test? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did you transfer classes or what? Like, like a psych 101? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I remember college Facebook when it was called that. And yes, absolutely. It was simple. If you were looking at pictures, there was only a few trying to get with some girl. That was about it. And now, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it's lucrative. It's successful. But my God, yeah, MySpace at least was like, creativity i mean do you put your music on your page and you have to find the little codes that can like make your you know little things move around as graphics and it was just basic shit but like that was as creative as it got really so some people had it really nice and some people looked like trash with it but it didn't really matter it was about that top eight as long as you were listed you were good so yeah sim simpler times man man i got a question though yeah. How come everybody from you guys' era like always got something to complain about or something y'all just <laughs> mad about from the new era? Like y'all can't accept change or something. Like, why do you guys want things to be the same all the time? Like you guys know the change is inevitable. Like for example, the game, the game of basketball has changed and evolved. You know it what has. I mean? It you has. still got a lot of these old folks talking about, oh, KD and LeBron wouldn't have done that in the 80s. They would have gotten beat up. <laughs> all right, bro. Yeah. All right, man. That is well, usually the argument, yeah. Well, I think the bigger problem is, like, it's the wrong people. Like, okay, I really don't trust most people's uh, basketball opinion. I ain't even going to lie. And I think most people started watching basketball 2003 when LeBron came to the league, so they really don't know anything prior to. 
<clears throat> so I think people's mindset is more based around like maybe what they've seen or told instead of like what they can actually comprehend about the game. Like people want to be entertained. So trying to talk to people like it's like going to the barbershop and people just want to they trying to win an argument but not really trying to put forth an effort into the discussion or the discourse of what basketball is. Now, my issue is more based around like people have when it comes to all right, look at teams, look at teams when it comes to shooting three, right? There's some teams that actually will be a better team if you're if you're not trying to rely on forcing players who really don't shoot to shoot threes for the sake of a system of what the game is now. No, I agree. Because what ends up happening is once upon a time, there were players in the league that if they shot like Ray Allen shot too many threes, that was considered a settling. Yes. And and so and so it, let's say your shot is off. Perfect example. When the Rockets missed, what, 27 threes in a row in game seven against the Warriors? Like, you trying to tell me that a person can take one dribble, two? It would have it been totally different. Instead of missing 20-some threes in a row, maybe take a, a, a dribble or two and do a pull-up mid-range. And then let's say they did that 10 to 12 times. You didn't put 20, 24 points on the board just doing that. Yep. Instead of you going just over, you know, like, and people don't realize basketball is about rhythm. Like, so if your shot is off, what people like to do is, all right, let me get close to real. I just want a ball to go into the hoop. Yep. And the problem is, is the part of my issue when it came to now is once upon a time, styles made fight. Mm. So now that everybody's trying to play like the Warriors, the Warriors is going to be, no matter how, like, think about this. Boston was so much more. We watched the Boston Celtics last year in the finals. I watched that whole thing thinking, like, we are literally watching Boston just to figure out how to get it right again. Like, they were so, they looked so much better playing. They did so much talented because really the only person that had a good series was Steph Curry. Right. Of the whole team. That's and, right. And, and, and Andrew Wiggins basically shut down Tatum. So it was basically the Celtics tried to outstyle. The Warriors, who was the best at their style, even on their worst day, teams have to be elite good to beat them. And so mm -hmm. I, I I connect with the older game only because, like, you know, you kind of grow up on that. And I understand, like, the new age game, but it's like we're seeing teams literally fall apart because of that. Like, think about the Milwaukee Bucks losing or when they don't have Giannis. And think about it's not like Drew Holiday is a three-point guy, but what is the like? What is the point where you see a team, even with the Celtics in game seven, why are you shooting 42 threes? Think about how, like, don't get me wrong, they eventually got blown out. But when it comes to, like, or even with a player like Tatum, half of his three, half of the shots coming from three-point. Right. And, and and I think and he's bigger. So at least, and I, I think that sometimes, even with LeBron James, he's shooting a lot of threes. If you have the body to slow the game down for yourself, maybe a couple post-ups and a quick move, you have a better chance than out here pulling up on threes. You know, and that's why I that's like it. now – a lot more guards are getting a lot more longer rebounds because of the ball. You know, like there's everything around it. And I think that it just sucks because people want to be entertained. But the way I see it, I think it's bad basketball. Mm. No, I definitely I like agree. Um, I don't know if you watch the show or listen to the show, but I've made that point a, a multitude of times on this show. Oh, yeah. Um, and you, you bring up the Boston Celtics. I always made that point about the Boston Celtics. I feel like they're a terrible three-point shooting team. I feel like Tatum and Brown could get to the rim at will. They are so athletic and so long. I've made that point countless times, so I actually agree with you on that point. <laughs> yeah, I think Tatum, Tatum, he the thing that Brown does better than Tatum, is Brown is much quicker and more athletic than Tatum. That's why I think part of the issue with his turnovers, because I guess Miami's trying to force him left. 
but mm-hmm. they play a zone and it's kind of hard to break a zone trying to drive through exactly. it. Exactly. You got to swing the ball to break the zone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Tatum was forced to do, which kind of didn't help. But with that being mm-hmm. said, like, like when you've seen the finals, which is so, I, it's crazy how Brown finally had a really bad series and everybody's like, man, I don't know what Brown about to do. We forget that Brown had a good, a better series than Tatum against the 76ers. He had a better, mm-hmm. until, until Tatum scored that, uh, game seven, then mm-hmm. Brown, Brown had a better, uh, First series round. than Tatum, uh, against the Warriors last year. Mm-hmm. And when Brown, when his shot wasn't going, what do he do? He gets to the rim because he's quick enough and athletic mm-hmm. enough. With yep. Tatum, until unless he has a smaller body, he can put his shoulder down and go up. But when you have a player as big as him, Andrew Wiggins, he had him in a dungeon because you just can't <laughs> shoot over those dudes. He he's not yep. quicker than Wiggins. You know, like that's why people like that. You need to have more of a like. He's still tall enough to shoot over smaller players, but when you have a player the same size as you, you, you have to learn how to work on your your footwork has to be so immaculate that it it's like you see Luka Doncic looks slower than everybody else, or you see how Jokic is, or how He's even angels. Jordan even Jordan and Kobe, like somebody said, Jordan was so good athletically. The 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 part, the part that gets lost about him is he was so fundamental, and he mm. really did. And for a dude who has some the ball so much, he didn't have a lot of turnovers, especially in his career. Like I think one of the seasons, like I think the the second three P I think one of the seasons he only had like average two turnovers a game. You're right. Like that he was true. not gonna give the ball up. Like that that matters. Like the game of basketball, just because we see how games are played change the same way with NFL quarterbacks. We ha- like it's funny how we're saying the running back don't have value, but the most valuable thing on the football field right now is the running back because the quarterback throwing a bunch of short passes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why Kirk Cousins get a lot of money. That's why Tom Brady looks great in the Super Bowl they came back on because he kept going throwing to James White. Like, yep. yeah. <laughs> but also running backs are not valuable. Like, so I don't it, get it. We keep trying to find an excuse to like think that what is going on in these games are okay and it's really not. And it kind of just you're like, damn man. And then it, it, it kind of messes up the vibe. Like I said, everybody wants to be entertained. That's cool. But I like good, I like good football. Like, imagine you go to a hibachi place and somebody out here putting the uh, little thing and the onions coming up with the smoke, and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> he out here flipping everything upside down, and you eat the food, you're like, yo, this is bland and trash. Oh no, I'd rather him do it right, cook, and be boring as hell, and that be like, oh my god, what you put this for? This like, I rather that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. No, you bring up a good point. I'm glad we're talking about like the Celtics. I mean, that'll let us transition right into what I wanted to get into, which was game six and game seven since our last episode. Both of those games have passed, and Celtics with an amazing comeback with game six, only to squander it in game seven, horrendously squander it in game seven. And I just want to touch on the amazing putback by Derek White in game six and what that kind of meant for the city of Boston. And then I kind of want you guys to get into the Game 7 disaster, and especially like you bring up the three-point percentage for the Celtics was just abysmal. And I think that was a huge, huge missed opportunity for Boston to make some real history. What, is your, what are your thoughts on that? Guy? Um, Honestly, the whole refing situation at the end I thought was questionable in, what was that, Game 6? Yeah. That even set up the game winner? I thought that was questionable, but whatever, the refs made the call, whatever. Um, I don't know, great play by Derek White. Uh. I don't know what else to say. Uh, I don't think <laughs> did Jimmy. I don't think Jimmy Butler played well that game. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I don't think I Jimmy Butler shot, shot the ball well this game. That game, um, and I knew that uh, that wasn't going to happen again. And if Jimmy Butler shot, I forgot what he shot like five for twenty five or something like that. Five for twenty one. Uh, five for twenty one. Yep. I knew he was going to shoot like that again, and he shot like that, and they were in a position to win the game. 
Exactly. Coming into game seven, I had no faith in the Boston Celtics. I knew if Jimmy Butler was going to have a game similar to what he's had against uh, Boston Celtics in the previous games or the Knicks or the Bucks, I knew the Boston Celtics would have no shot and Jimmy Butler would take the life out of him. It's pretty much what happened. Caleb Martin played big. Uh, hey, Caleb Martin. We, hey, we got to clip that part in here when I'm like, hey, they just got to play Caleb Martin. Yes. And they could easily easily be the deepest team and beat the beat the celtics you specifically called him out like a few weeks ago that's pretty crazy how he came alive in this series yeah and literally just not save a series for them but solidified that win it was in my crazy. opinion he he wasn't the best player but he no. was the most important player yes crucial crucial plays when they needed him to be very clutch I mean, game six, you're right. I mean, the shooting was not great for the Heat. Butler only topped up with 24 points. Martin with 21. The rest of them, you know, it's all double digits, but no one got more than 20 after that. And then the Celtics, again, you know, Tatum 31. Marcus Smart even had 21 himself. Jalen Brown 26. Pretty much everyone on the Celtics, even Horford didn't shoot that great either, but the rest of that team, they pulled it together for game six. Did you expect the lopsided win in Game 7? I know we talked about the history of 0-3 teams coming back, but did you expect the kind of performance from both sides with Boston and Miami? I'll give that one to Mo. What, what did you think about Game 7? I think both. I think those are going to be a blowout for both yeah. teams. I think that's the way Game 6 ended. I had a wedding that day, but when I, <laughs> I, I was in the car and I looked and I seen the tip in, I was like, yo, that's crazy. And I in situations like that, the emotional high for Boston will be so is so big that you'd be like, yo, you have to replicate that for game seven yep. at home. Especially the people kind of figure out like Boston really haven't been that good at home in the playoffs. And then also you have Miami. People probably was going to assume that, man, they had a chance to win. And that fell apart so bad. They have to emotionally get themselves back together to go to Boston in game seven and win. But I think that uh, maybe that's where coaching comes into play where you have, you have to stay even kill. Um, and I, I think what gets lost in all this is even though Giannis didn't play two and a half games, you watch a Miami team who literally, I'm talking about like they they had to be resuscitated to come back to life because of their play-in. And so when you have them confidently go into uh, beat the Bucks, and even though Giannis didn't play a lot of those games, but you just gave a team that needed some confidence and already have the can't-go-back all-star in Jimmy Butler – all the confidence in the world, you have a, a coach that's going to figure out how to play. And then you, and the, the funny part was even with the Knicks series, like people thought like, oh, it's all this pressure in the garden. You're going to play in the garden. I'm like, yo, you telling Jimmy Butler who's, who was homeless at 13 and had to be with another family, like the pressure mm -hmm. living in the garden. Like that, that's a can't go back all-star, which I got to tell you a story. Cause I used to cover uh Marquette before I moved. And Jimmy. that's right. But uh, so I think when it came to Boston, they they kind of knew what they needed to do, even if it's going to be a long series. And it's very hard to close out a team like that that was shooting terrible. So you know, with Boston getting hot, I just think that in that situation, uh, they literally turned into. And I think the Warriors can have these issues, and teams in general, especially during the regular seasons, why so many blowouts. If you shooting your shot and the shot not going in, teams kind of just kind of roll over. Like they kind of don't even don't even fight anymore. That's why these still just still try to chuck threes. Like, yeah. But I I would have been I didn't I understand the live and die by the three thing, but the Boston Celtics was better off, especially early in that game. They break through the zone, maybe find better ways. I know Tatum was hurt, but and they need a true point guard. Which, by the way, I will always say that. Even though he's his career's right now, but the Boston Celtics has needed Alonzo Ball the last three years. Oh, Lonzo. 
Like, yes. if you look at the Chicago Bulls, you see who they were. The same thing with the Pelicans when they had Zion first coming in. Look, I know people feel away, whatever, but you can, it's hard to find a point guard that can actually not, oh, we got players that can bring the ball to the floor and pass the ball. No, you need a person that knows how to pass. Yes. Those are totally different. Look at Chris Paul. Chris Paul, when he went to uh, – Oklahoma City, Chris Paul, when he went to Phoenix, you need an actually uh, actual floor general to make it easier shots for everyone else. That is why Zach Levine and and DeRozan was eating, and the Bulls was a top three seed when Lonzo was playing. And then what uh, happened? Now you got to tell them to figure out how to get their own shot. Now they're shooting a bunch of hard shots because you you like Caruso, but he's not he's not the same level as Lonzo. That's why Paul George is like, yo, he's probably one of the most talented point guards. He shoots over 40% from three. He's always been a good defender. He's a really good rebounder for his position, and he knows how to pass as well as anyone. People have to remember, his last year in L.A., he was playing with uh, LeBron and Rondo. Mm -hmm. So they taught him some stuff. But anyway, so that's what Boston has really needed because it's not like Marcus Smart's that guy. You thought that was Brogdon, but then he, he's like, well, it's an offensive guy. Derek White is another point guard with the Spurs, but he's not that guy to be so the facilitator that you need. And because of that, you're just having a bunch of, all right, man, we just go on dribble and figure it out. So mm -hmm. Boston's biggest issue going in was like, look, our shot not going in. Or maybe instead of 42 threes, and if it's not falling, maybe the first half or whatever, going to three quarters, you shot 20 threes. And let's say you made – five, six, seven of them, okay, cool. And you, you turn the rest of the 22 shots into get, trying to get to the hoop, which can cause a foul or maybe a red mid-range shot for them to to uh, uh, to kind of make the, the, the zone into some type of amoeba so they always be focused. Like, we can't be out here running on three all the damn time. Because amoeba. it's not like – because remember, Miami got so confident mm. that I seen Bomani Jones. He's one of my favorite people ever. He said, yo, I just seen Duncan Robinson shoot a shot and block a shot. Like, if you got Duncan Robinson out here playing defense and he blocks a shot, yeah, they got you on lock, fam. Like, they just told you, like, yeah, we could put, we could, let's put you Donis Haslam out there and turn him. Like, that's what oh, I no. was about that, that last game. No, Duncan Robinson was talking shit, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> and yes, I'm, I'm, it's funny you bring up Lonzo Ball. I am one of those people who, in the past, said so much shit to say about the Ball family in general. I mean, other than LaMelo, of course. But, a few weeks ago on this podcast, I personally had eaten my own hat and pleaded for Lonzo's legs to heal and for him to come back to Chicago because you're absolutely right. True point guard facilitated and made that offense blossom. And without you, him, it just is not the same. I tell you how good that 2017 Lakers team was, even if they won, I think, 34 games. Yes. The year before when they had D'Angelo Russell in them, they was all right. You know, Brandon Ingram, Young, yep. uh, Julius Randle, Young. The next year when they had Lonzo, Kuzma, Clarkson, yep. um, uh, I, uh, Caruso came in because he was kind of in and out G League at the time. Uh, you still had – you had uh, uh, Brooke Lopez. Josh Hart. Josh Hart, KCP, these are players that you can say, okay, they can take some time. The next year was the first year the Lakers had a good, stable year Yep. to have LeBron be confident enough to go to L.A. That's then right. he goes to L.A. They start out pretty decent, uh, and then remember how Lonzo was – and then I don't, I don't remember what the injury was – LeBron, Lonzo got injured. The team fell apart. LeBron got injured. And mm -hmm. then that's when the trade rumors started coming out with the AD trade. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we and I remember Max Kellerman was one of the first players. He's like, yo, maybe the person that – same thing happened with the Pelicans. Because I remember the game when Zion first came in 
and uh, uh, Alvin Gentry was trying to take him out of the game because he had minute restrictions. Guess what Lonzo did? He passed on the ball, giving the ball the right position. And that's when like he scored like 12 straight and they almost came, they basically came back against the Spurs, but then kind of took him out last and then they lost. Like yep. that's that is what a point, like that that's what I'm saying. Like the that's what a point guard. He don't look he it, it's one of those things that people wish that Bill uh Ben Simmons can do right now. Mm. If he can at least do that, you know, yeah. and so that that's I'm I'm glad you kind of jumped on because I've been saying this since day one. Like I'm I've been I was actually I got a big baller hat in the car. I was gonna wear that instead. Of <laughs> I literally looked at it and I was like, no, I'm not gonna wear it. Oh no. <laughs> not yeah. that big baller brand. <laughs> Never lost. Never <laughs> you're not <laughs> oh man. You're not Speaking wrong. Which, at all. Yeah. I think Lavar's a great dad. Just random, random thought. I met oh, him yeah. and got a picture with him. Yeah, I got a picture that's with right. him and met him. Yeah. That is correct. I want to get that's that dope. picture on the on the site for sure, because that's a great photo. I remember seeing when you posted that. That was that's pretty fucking dope. So I I want to pose this question to both of you just to see your thoughts. And I'm I'm sure it's an easy answer, but I am curious about that. What do you feel if these are your teams? What is worse? Being swept by an eight seed at this point in the, in the series or losing game seven like this after the r- amazing comeback you had, what would you prefer if this is your team in the playoff? What's well, our Ryan? If this was my team, I'd rather just get swept. Yeah. Just end me. Just take me out of my misery. Even in the conference finals. Doesn't matter. Just yeah. Okay. If we, if, I mean, look, you're down three. In my opinion, you're, you're dead in water. Yeah. Um, I don't like the idea of, CJ, you can attest to this too. Oh, we're gonna hang around and make it competitive, but even uh, though we don't belong, yeah, I'd AKA the, swept. the Chicago Bull story, you mean? Yeah, it's yeah, fun. I, I really get swept. Like for for example, for example, um, I remember uh one year, I think it was 2007. I'm a Pistons fan. 2007, uh, we're beating the we're we're, we're beating the Cavs. I think this is game five, if I'm correct. We're beating the Cavs. Um, I'm like, all right, I'm going to sleep. Uh, my little brother comes up and is like, yeah, this guy named Daniel Gibson just hit like seven threes. And now it's going to no overtime. I'm like, wait, what the f- What? <laughs> Long story short, if you didn't know, if you've been living under a rock, uh, LeBron came back and destroyed us in that series. Like, completely destroyed us. Uh, and we, we were, I think we had like a, we either had a 2-1 lead or a 3-1 lead at some point in that series. <laughs> just ripped like the heart out. out. Yeah. Oh, like, no, like I don't like hanging around just to losing the end. No, just 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 end us. Just kill it off, huh? Yeah. All right. Game seven only because like it's the emotional toll that both teams think they had a chance to win mm. that hits harder. Because if a team about to get swept, I think the team that's losing by game three to kind of realize, yeah, yeah, we probably gonna lose the thing. Like we we're we're getting clapped. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it, it's kind of like look, man, it's inevitable. This team was much better. But it's funny you say that because the 2007 Cavs team, that run was great. Overrated. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Look, how'd I start? The first round of the Cavs, they beat a 41 and 41 team. The second round, they beat a 41 and 41 team. Mm. The Detroit Pistons that they beat at the time, mm-hmm. guess who? Guess why it was so easy for LeBron to score like that? We didn't have Ben Wallace. He, yes, he was gone. They had no rim protector. Mm-hmm. Your team was basically old heads. You had old Chris mm-hmm. Webber, old Rasheed Wallace. Yep. Uh, 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 you had um, uh, Rip. Uh, uh, yeah, Rip Hamilton that was pushing 30. Chauncey was just about to hit 30. Tayshaun uh, was a young guy. He was like 29. <laughs> number, who was number 54? Am I sure number 50? Who was uh, Jason Maxiel. Maxiel. Like, you had a bunch of dudes that, like, yeah, you could try to body him. Tayshaun Prince is always too little. He can length his way 
try to stop him. The mm -hmm. rim was so easy to get to for one of the yep. best drivers to the rim, and mm -hmm. which is fine. They he got through him, but I'm like, yo, because you know how I, you know how it's crazy because the next so that that he got swept. The next year went through Boston. They had issues, and then remember when they lost to Orlando? Guess why it was? That was the first time where you seen LeBron having issues that the foul calls you was he wasn't really getting because he kept meeting Dwight Howard at the ring. Mm. And when they had lost to the Orlando Magic, I remember I used to, fam, I used to be in the club arguing with dudes about this <laughs> stuff, stuff like this, like. That's why people talk about 2007. I understand. Like, that was a great run because you've seen somebody at the age of 22 do his thing. I'm like, yo, he beat two 500 teams and a team without the, with like, with a bunch of old dudes and no, no rim difference. That, that's literally what happened when they beat the Warriors in 2016. Like, they, they was, Kyrie and LeBron was eating at the rim. Look, look, oh, yeah. 6'6, six, six, Draymond Green's going to jump up and block your shot. No, that that's nah. why that's why sometimes the Warriors when they play like yo, it's kind of insulting that the biggest dude on the on the floor right now playing center is six six and be out here thinking like oh I'm gonna just I'm gonna maneuver my way to stop these big men like no if you don't move your it just <laughs> you know. but anyway so yeah it's it's it really is like a it's harder game seven because the emotion told you think you really do have a chance you might you might hit it like you might fall all over and we've seen the last couple years actually you've seen how Phoenix got clapped by the Mavericks last year. And then you see what happened recently with uh Miami beating Boston, where like Boston probably thought they had a chance and maybe the, the injury take them on the first play, and then things kind of went haywire. But you know, you about to get sweet game three, you out here like like KD felt last year. He probably he knew before the series we're gonna get clapped by the Celtics. Mm. And I know people look at KD like man, you should like no. I'm looking at my team. I'm looking how this is going. I'm looking at Celtics. We about to get clapped by the Celtics. Absolutely. So you just kind of have to accept that. So it's easier to face. Mm. Reality sucks, man. Sometimes you got to face it like that. I totally get that. You're absolutely right. Me, personally, I'm on the line of I'd rather just get swept, put me out of my misery, but I, I am a jaded fan. I have I have had to deal with the teams that I've chosen performing very poorly most of my adult life. So I don't really know the feeling of getting to a Game 7, a big comeback, and then losing. I'm used to just getting clapped all the fucking time. Pause. So, wait, which team? Are you talking about the uh, the Bulls? Oh, the Bulls. Oh, talk about all of them. The Bulls, the Bears, the Brewers, all of them. I'm a big Bees fan. I get, even though I'm like across the border myself, you know, Chicago and Milwaukee, depends on the team. And the Blackhawks, too. Blackhawks had an amazing run, three Stanley Cups in like six years, and then they fell a fuck apart and they just started hanging in there and then getting destroyed in like a first round playoff match. Just put us out of our misery and let, and Ryan knows. And can attest to this. I am somebody who always says, like, sell high, get the most value for your key players if you can. If it's gonna, if it's looking like the forecast for the next like five years is bleak, sell high. Whatever stars you got, sell high. I said a couple weeks ago, get rid of DeRozan, get rid of Levine, get rid of everybody because I just want to tear it down. But I understand that's not always the smartest idea. And for me personally, it's just like that's pain talking. I know a lot of that because I'm just, I'm used to it. So. I, at this point in my life, I'd rather have the sweep, but ask me again in a couple of years when my teams start becoming successful again, and I might change my tune. <laughs> Look, man, I, 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 it's, it's interesting because I think teams, fans have to remember, like, there's nothing wrong for being elite mid. And you can be elite mid, and it's okay. It's not wrong because I think, think about this, even with the time about breaking the Boston Celtics, even with Levine and DeRozan, where do you think you would get other talent from? Because right. then you have to lean on management to be good at free agency, decision-making on what, like, the values in the draft. Like, not yep. everybody's Miami Heat where you basically have 
out of their nine man rotation, probably five people are undrafted. Like that right. doesn't exactly. happen a lot, you know. So unless you, so that you have to trust in that more than anything else. So fortunately, Chicago did make some right moves where they had V, yep. they had Blonzo, they picked up Caruso to be the six seven dude yep. off the bench to be a backup point guard. You have the Rosen who can uh, put up twenty, and he you know uh, like an, he's an efficient twenty point scorer, twenty five point scorer. Right, Levine is one of the most talented offensive players out there. Absolutely, and you can do pretty decent doing that. Unfortunately, just like that, like I said, when you have a key piece, there's a reason why there's still optimism with Chicago. Like, yo, we gotta run this backwards somehow. Maybe get a few other like that. That's how that's how valuable they felt and how close they felt to being the type of team to be. Um, and but it's hard to figure out. Like even right now, I I understand why you don't want to pay two players. Uh, six hundred million dollars between Brown and Tatum. Yeah, but y'all got lucky that two drafts in a row, y'all got the number three pick and actually got good players. That's true. And be in a situation where you can say, "Wow, we have a twenty-five and twenty-six year old who's been to five conference finals." Wow, like you can say that. If if this was the eighties and nineties, they'd be like, "Yo, we're just gonna keep going until we figure this out." Like, oh yeah. But it's that's the thing that I feel like gets lost in all this. Same thing. Look at Utah Jazz. They played together for a long time. We're going to keep trying this supersonics with Peyton and uh, Kemp. Yeah. Look at, um, I mean, I think one of the most important, like, like there's different teams, even with they finally won at the end. But let's say the Detroit Pistons of the 80s just said, you know, we just cut the cord early on Thomas and and Dumars. Mm. You know, like sometimes, you know, and I know free agency is different. I know money is different where it's hard hard to fathom paying certain players so much money. But I don't know what Boston think they're going to get out of it. You know, like, <laughs> and the thing about it is, I, I really think it's a system problem, not a player problem. Mm, I agree with that. I, agree. I think it's I think it's a combination of that and personnel. Yes, because yeah. um, they got they got four combo guards. They don't like you said, they don't have a true point guard. Yeah, mm. they're undersized shooting the guards. Yeah. yeah. They, we have a bunch of guys that know how to make the pass. Like, no, or you need a passer. Right. You know what I equivalent to? I, I have this thing where I talk about, uh, like, food, and I say you have people who know how to make macaroni and cheese, and then you got people that make cheese noodles. You got a bunch <laughs> of dudes that just you got a bunch of cheese noodles, a bunch of guards that make the pass, but, no, you need mac and cheese. Uh, like, you know, yeah. so yeah, that's kind of their issue. Cheese noodles. <laughs> that's poor. That's poor, poor. <laughs> Oh no, not the cheese. But no, those that's very valid. Very valid points. And again, I always speak from pain just because I that's all I know. But yes, I think the value of everything you're saying, especially when it comes to the Celtics, like my God, I, I totally agree. If you look at that free agent market, if you look at even possible trades, you're not really gonna find something better than the lineup you have now. Maybe one or two pieces you can try to move, but like there's not much that you can do. That's not going to drastically alter the course of your franchise. So it's you kind of have to stick it out and hope for the best. Which I think people, I think I say people, but it's really the media. I think the media is overreacting. Uh, I think oh. Boston's fine. They just what? the media overreacts. Pieces. Maybe what? maybe maybe just a true point guard, and that might put them over the hump. To be honest, yeah. yeah. In today's game, you could probably win with an Al Horford at center. In today's game, I think, and they still got a uh, what's his name, Robert Williams. Great rim protector, good energy, a little undersized, but he he provides great energy. He can catch lobs. Um, I think they'll be all right. They just, like you said, get him, get him Alonzo. Um, somebody like that. Mm. I tell you this, I, in Boston. 
this is where management really have to do something. The reason why I say this because look at what happened with the Lakers. Look, I grew up a Lakers fan. I've always been a Lakers fan. Kobe person. It kind of changed after they traded Alonzo and LeBron stuck around and they borrowed an AD. <laughs> but um, look at think about this. LeBron almost pouted his way through the season because he felt like they didn't make the right moves to get Westbrook and Patrick Beverly out of there, right? And everybody's like, yo, you need to find a way to get Kyrie. You need to do this. And Rob Palinka was able to figure out, wait a minute, Minnesota don't want this player. Wait a minute. Utah Jazz, who just made a trade with each other, don't want these players. And he found them to be more of a complete team. Like that, that's that's good GMing right there. Like you found value to say, yo, we look, D'Angelo Russell, I know the issue, but at the time, teams were like, Man, I'm glad we got someone like D'Angelo Russell compared to a Westbrook or uh, Patrick Beverly or anything else. And then you was able to get a Vanderbilt. You was able like you was able to get some actual pieces and then eventually you see like okay Austin Reeves is de uh, decent enough and LeBron likes to play with that guy instead of going compl a complete panic mode I think t sometimes uh teams Boston has to don't get me wrong and we get let's keep it a buck though I think they did make kind of some decent moves because remember how everybody felt like yo they got Matthew Bro they got Brogdon you have White there and you remember uh they had picked up Gallinari and he got injured right that's true. Like that, that was the people still forget he even played this year. So, you know, Robert Williams, you know, he was, I know he's been, and I think what gets lost in all this is maybe, maybe if they had some cohesiveness at coaching and coaching staff, because apparently, you know, Missoula, this kind of happened out of nowhere. You know, he's just like, yo, hey, you got it. He's like, me, you know, like, so uh, I think that, and like I said, it's why jump ship now, you know, especially because right. I, Teams, I know if this wasn't the Boston Celtics, let's say it's a, a totally different – let's say this was the Charlotte Hornets or the Atlanta Hawks or the Orlando Magic, you say, man, we got these two really good players. We might pay 600 mil. But, man, we've been in the conference finals last five – like almost every year for the last six years. Like you'd be like, man, this is pretty damn good. Right. Mm -hmm. Give it you know, away like, it is. Even when look at the Lakers. You look at the Lakers the last five years. I understand they won in 2020. But when LeBron first got there in 2018, they didn't make the playoffs. Mm-mm. 19, I don't think they made that. I no, don't think so. 19, they made, didn't make the playoffs. 2020, they got they won the bubble championship. Yep. 2021, they made it to the playoffs, but they lost to the Phoenix Suns. It was like a, a seventh seed. You know, they, it was right. a seventh And then they just crawled into the playoffs this year. And I'm not saying it's a disappointment or not, but when teams get so focused on winning, there are teams that don't get a chance to emotionally attach themselves to players. Like, we would have viewed this team totally different if the Lakers had a starting lineup of Thomas Bryan, Brandon Ingram, uh, you know, uh, uh, Julius Rad, like you would have been like, you, you emotionally would have felt like we get to grow with this team. You get to be appreciative right. of who they become. And so that's where it gets lost all the damn time about these teams. There's a reason why OKC was able to, they got to the finals and they kind of panic and traded Harden. But you've seen these players, they got grow together at least. And at least you know what they could have been instead of being premature. And then that's the part that I think LeBron did that I think is personally insulting, and I'll tell you why. Even though he had the foot injury, he beat the record. It's great. They did trade for AD. AD had that really good playoff run where he shot from mid-range in three better than he's ever shot in his whole career. He mm -hmm. hasn't been close to that even then. He, this year, he's been a really good defender. I remember I wrote someone on Twitter earlier to share, like, yo, the problem with AD is everybody's trying to make him like, oh, he can do everything. No, you be dominant at one thing, kind of like Giannis figure out, and then you figure everything else out. Yeah. I'm going to do this until you stop me. So he's been able to have these good years. 
But the part that I think that when people's, I think when LeBron went out there and what was it, game six, they lost against, uh, was it game six they lost against, or game five against Denver? Mm-hmm. And LeBron oh, went and he scored, LeBron scored 31 points in the first half. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was, no, that was game Games. four. Oh, yeah. They, they got swept. swept. Game yeah. four. That's right. They got swept. LeBron soon we forget. Yeah, he was smart enough for the narrative, like, I'm going to just go out swinging. But LeBron know that damn well that's not how that team functioned. Mm-hmm. Like, because mm-hmm. I tell you why. When when they won the championship in 2020, LeBron led the league in assists. That's right. Which means that people keep talking about AD's consistent. Well, if you got one of the best passers in the league, the best point guards that happen to be big, big in the league, he can get AD some easy shots. Yep. And, and don't get me wrong, he went for the record. He knew he was probably going to mess up his foot. But I think he kind of played into it where he was like, you know what? I'm going to do this, even though I know I can do this. Because now no one can say anything about LeBron. People think he can't have to play in retirement. You can say Darvin Ham is cheek as a coach. But you can say, man, if this player only did this. And it's like, you got the best point guard who, if. LeBron, like literally, if LeBron was smart, he could have been the best point guard in the first half where everybody's able to score. And then he put all this energy in the third or fourth quarter. Nope. He did it all in the first quarter and the first half. He's like, oh, I'm tired. I can't go. Yes. LeBron did what he could. And guess how that does? That controls the narrative. Knowing that we see LeBron know that, hey, I can actually get my team's mates involved better than anyone in the league outside of Christmas. Mm. That's kind of my issue. What happened? I was like, whatever. It don't matter. See, yeah. And this is this is where I push back because it's like LeBron can't make anybody happy because if LeBron comes out and plays like a point guard, they're going to say, oh, he's not a killer like Jordan or Kobe. So he comes out like Jordan and Kobe and tries to kill him, forgetting the fact that he's 38, 38. Yeah, but he wants in doing this work and putting in work. Yeah, he is. But And he he did. And I'll say this, too. You don't think a reason why he did that was because he knew AD wasn't going to give him anything. I mean, that could be it. But mm. but don't get me wrong, like you got. So hey, so if you if you got a science fair project going on, you got a partner, and you know that partner ain't gonna do nothing. You gonna do everything, right? That's that is true. Been there. That that's oh, what LeBron was thinking. Because <laughs> the way AD was coming out, oh he was oh no 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 no, I wouldn't trust AD at all if I was LeBron. Me personally, I'm trusting Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves more than I'm trusting AD. Hey, LeBron got to eat that because two things. Majority of the team was clutch at one time, and he was like, "Yo, y'all gotta do everything." Out of you eat. said who? Jordan? Uh, the LeBron. Uh, LeBron. Oh, yeah, he traded half the roster for clutch clients. No, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know I mean? like, no, I, but the thing about it is, like, I mean, it was the right thing to do. Like, you come out aggressive, you play hard, and hopefully everybody catches on. So that's yeah. pretty much his mindset. But I think that for a player that's smart enough to know, like, look, if I do this, I'm, ex- I'm going to exhaust myself and my team me later on. Maybe he looked at it like, if I don't do this now, we're going to get blown out right now instead of this being close. So, but I just feel like, if it was a way, I just at the end of the day, it kind of like it goes back to what I said. I think LeBron do game three. Like, <laughs> like that's why I didn't hurt his heart. He's like, oh, I really sucks. But it's kind of like, yo, if it was game seven, it'd been different. But he he could he knew game three. Nope, nothing we can do about this one. Yeah, Make it's different good. energy, different energy, man. I'm telling you. And I mean that debate will go on forever. I'm sure, especially now he's gotten swept. It's just kind of like another one of those talking points at the barbershop. Just it doesn't add to the legacy. Doesn't hurt the legacy. All that shit. We want to get into that. Because we have time limits, and we don't want to give a four-hour pod about Jordan versus LeBron again. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I will. Oh, I, pivot. I, I got next time y'all do that. I got a really good one for oh. y'all for the Jordan LeBron because I I'm like I I'm a sponge for information, and it's like <laughs> man, I, you know, and I, I'm not even being facetious about. Speaking of Jordan LeBron, y'all see that uh Shannon got a buyout for FS1. I just saw that. Like the so and, uh, Shannon and so Skip is done now, right? After the finals. After the finals. Wow. wow. Yeah. 
There was some beef happening, wasn't it? I didn't see the whole thing. Yeah, but, but like... he did a yeah, Shannon during All Star Weekend or the Super Bowl Week is one too. But he spoke to uh he was with Mad Dog uh radio mm. and he was telling like, you know, him and Skip are good. Um, you know, it was a moment, but they, you know, we're not gonna ruin seven years of our friendship, right? You know, TV together over a moment, but it probably means it's recent stuff, but it's kind of weird because usually if people leave a show, it's to stay with the same company for another show. But True, they said yeah. they said a FS1 like a buyout. I'm like, that's rare. You never really hear that. People usually pay out their contract and go, right. but the fact it was a buyout, yeah, had to be something that's even out of Skip's control. That's what I something's think. deeper, something's happened. That yeah. ruined everything for him. So I'd be curious to see what's next for Shannon Sharp and for Skip. Oh, honestly, Sh- like Shannon's good. I'm sure he'll be just fine Shannon's whether good. he gets he another could... show or not. You know, but he, yeah, he got his podcast, and to be yeah. honest, his podcast is more entertaining than the show. Uh, you're not wrong. I only watch the show for him. <laughs> That's, you're damn right. But I mean, you bring up the finals, and let's get into a quick thing about that. So we are down to the Heat and the Denver Nuggets after amazing performances. By both teams, I mean, the Heat, again, we know they kind of struggle closing Celtics out, but they got the job done in dramatic fashion. Nuggets <laughs> just clapped all night on the Lakers. And here we go. I want to know your predictions for both of you. Who is taking the NBA championship? Are the Nuggets getting their very first title win? Or does Jimmy Butler finally fulfill the prophecy set up by his father, Michael Jordan, I don't care what anybody says, and gets a final, gets his ring? Finally wrapped around his finger. What are your thoughts? I'll go with Mo. Before I go, I got so remember I told you I covered Marquette, right? That's Jimmy right. Butler. Uh, I remember when I was doing interviews or whatever, and I went to Jimmy Butler and I told him, Fam, I was like, Yo, fam, has anyone told you you like young Michael Jordan? Like, he was like, Yeah, a few people. I like I posted a picture <laughs> of like the side by side. Like, I've been saying this for it's been, so what year is this? It's two, 14 years. I told you, dude, 14 years ago that he literally looks like a young Michael. I'm talking about young Michael Jordan with the little hair, yeah, with, with the necklace around his neck. But yep, um, I think Denver. It's weird. It's it's one of those series where I want to see Jimmy win for the sake of like, yo, it would be great to see how it's gonna be when Jimmy wins the championship because yes. if people know his story and everything else based around it, that it's one of the dopest things ever to see this dude do this. And like get it out the mud. He is the can't go back all star. He get it out the mud. That's right. But the thing about Jokic is people. This is goes to I understand his basketball style. I, mean, I, I think people just didn't watch the Denver Nuggets like that I, because mm. the way he plays, it's kind of like it's hard to not sit there and be like, damn, fam, out here really killing it. And then what's crazy is people set him to a high standard when he won back to back MVPs and say we're not gonna give him a third one. And you have to remember the two years they lost after Murray got injured and it was Jokic in the playoffs. He lost to the Phoenix Suns, who got a final that was up two August, and then he lost to the eventual champs of the Golden State Warriors. And you guess who his starting backcourt was? Uh, those two between those two years, Monte Morris. Uh, I've had, I had to write it down. Monte Morris, Will Barton, Austin Rivers, and Compazzo, Compazzo, Frank Compazzo, Frank Compazzo. Yeah, that was when mm. starting backcourt, and people was like, "Man, I don't think you need to get a third MVP because we don't know how you can perform in the playoffs." Bam, and then you, <laughs> and then you give it to Embiid, and maybe Embiid did deserve it, but people really was trying to find a way. Like, we don't get somebody three MVPs that didn't make it to the black finals, or is not a winner. And then it's like you see when people actually watch this dude, and then have to look back and say, "Oh, he didn't even have a good backcourt. He was it was literally him or bus." And so it'd be great to just see a, a like another great player come up, Jokic to get his, and just see how well it does because. Unless Bam become like super dude or something like that, I'm gonna eat. Because one thing about Joker, he's one dude that's not scared to do any post up. 
That's and I'm right. we're we should be glad to see that. Like a player in the team is willing to do some post ups and play inside out instead of outside out. You know, that's right. So yeah, Denver, uh, and it's gonna be it's gonna suck, man. I you know it's gonna be harsh because Jimmy in a situation, Jimmy might be uh, in the 2007 LeBron situation against the Spurs. That's true. Team so damn good, you did what you could. Your AC, wow, you did it. But this other team has so much going on and the talent. Like think about Aaron Gordon. That's another big mm. dude. Aaron Gordon, like we, you know, what I'm saying you could put Aaron Gordon on Jimmy Butler. We're like, all right, you figured that out. Yes, I was literally gonna say it for my pick, and I'm so glad you said that. I think Gordon on Butler is the key, and I think Bam is gonna be shook when it comes to the passing of Jokic. You, Bam is gonna be a liability. I'm sorry, like he's been playing okay, in my opinion. When he's trying to clog the paint, and you have someone like Jokic, and the Miami Heat have a really good zone option that they've got. It's not going to work against Denver. I'm sorry. The defensive firepower in Denver is too good, especially the way Jamal Murray has been shooting. Uh, it's it's a wrap. I'm saying Denver in six, and I'm only saying six because we've seen the Heat, and they are scrappy. When you tell them they can't win, they keep proving you wrong. I adore Jimmy Butler. We've been talking about Jimmy Butler for weeks now and how much we love his game. He is good enough to bring him to six. I don't see them. And as much as I want Butler to get it and finish that story, I'm sorry, man. Denver is just too A-Fab. good. They're firing on all cylinders right now. Hey, Fab, put uh, you should put Caleb Bard and uh, Michael Porter Jr. against each other on offense and defense. Let them both eat. <laughs> <laughs> that would hey, be a good idea, though. But Michael, yeah. I love Michael Porter Jr., but he can't guard. He oh, can't no, guard they, they, nobody. They, barbe- they get and- barbecue chicken each other. Right. Yeah, Tyler yeah. Hero, Tyler Hero, I think will be back as well, if I'm not mistaken. But even he, I mean, his defense sucks too. So like he can Facts. shoot, but he can't guard. So I'm sorry, Denver's got too many fucking options to if this isn't five games, it's six. And that's just as a courtesy. And there's no coaching clear. like and it's not like Eric Sposher is just gonna kill Mike Malone in coaching. Like no, I'm sorry. It's gonna be a situation where it's gonna be pretty solid for him. I think so. And maybe, that sucks, maybe. but yeah. we'll see. Ryan, what are your thoughts on it? Um, you brought up the zone. That was the big point I was going to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Miami should play the zone at all because I think no. they're going to get shot out that zone. Um, Jokic is very good in the high post, like around that free throw line area yep. in the elbow area. He could turn, he could make passes, he could turn, he could shoot, he could make it, he could post you up and go one on one if you don't help. So he would just be a problem in the zone. And then shooters all over the floor, KCP, MPJ, uh, Aaron Gordon can hit a shot. Eventually, he'll eventually he'll hit a shot. He won't. He'll go like one for four, one for five, two for five. Yeah, he'll hit a shot. Um, I know what Denver's been all season. I haven't given them the respect. I'll honestly say that haven't given them the respect. Uh, mainly because the questions I had around their team was the fact that their two best players are the two worst defenders. That's right. But it's just the fact that their offense has been so good. And they've just been hitting crazy shots, especially in the Western Conference Finals. They were hitting some impossible shots. Oh, I mean, yeah. game one, Jokic was hitting these one-legged step backs looking like Dirk. Um, <laughs> Jamal Murray always heating up in the fourth quarter. Couldn't explain that. It was just meant to be for them to be in the finals. But I say all that to say, Jimmy Butler has tapped into some metaphysical realm right now. And he 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 he's on a run that I, I can't explain because I thought he'd be out of here in the first round. Mm. Um, I've been watching this dude for a while. It's funny you mentioned uh, your old Marquette days. Uh, I was watching Marquette when they had like Dominic James, uh, DJO, uh, those guys, That's Jay Crowder. Yep. Because uh, uh, I, yeah, I went to high school with Wes, and then uh, he ended up. I seen him the summer before he went to Utah Jazz. Um, mm. And then the next year, where they had because uh, I remember he didn't get drafted, and we was I was in Madison. We was visiting. We was at this bar on Water Street, and I seen him. I was like, "Yo, man, what's going on?" He's like, "Yeah, I think Utah Jazz gonna bring me in." 
mm-hmm. to be a part of the uh, summer league team or something like that. And, and so that was kind of crazy. He ended up becoming a starter that year. And then later that year, mm-hmm. my, my friend and I ended up going to a Utah Jazz Bucks game to see him. But yeah, they had like I like those more, like Lazar Hayward things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I grew up watching those. I was like in middle school watching those guys. <laughs> and along the way came Jimmy Butler. And there's always been something about Jimmy Butler that 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 enticed me. Um, something about his game. Never been the prettiest, uh, never been the most skillful, but the 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 will to win was always there. He always played his heart out. And he and like I mentioned, I'm I'm a Detroit Pistons fan. He he embodied everything about being a Detroit Piston. You know, them going to work Pistons, he, the bad boy Pistons, whatever. He fit the mold. And so I'm picking the Miami Heat. Mm. I'm picking the Miami Heat. I Very don't agree with CJ saying that Bam Adebayo is going to be a liability. I think he's going to be the key in this series. Jokic is not a shot blocker. You're I right. want to see if Bam Adebayo takes advantage of that. Uh, I know he's given up some inches in height, but he has the edge in athleticism. Yeah, so Bam I'm, is still 6'9". 6'9", inch- six, nine? Six, yeah, 6'9". Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So I want to see how Bam Adebayo or Eric Sposher uses Bam Adebayo or chooses mm. to use uh, Bam Adebayo. Um and I honestly don't think Aaron Gordon's the best matchup for uh, Jimmy Butler. No? Um, Who would you put on him? Me personally, I like KCP. You you have always liked KCP, though, which is why I Personally, I like KCP. I'd rather put KCP on him than Aaron Gordon um, just because I like the lateral quick the, the lateral quickness. And KCP, he's, he's only giving up an inch. Eh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, Aaron Gordon, I feel like Aaron Gordon will get cooked. Y'all hear it here first. <laughs> I feel like Jimmy Butler will cook Aaron Gordon. So do you know what I think is going to happen? I think that Miami should just go. Either it's going to be desperation later on, or they should just do it early. What they should do is have Udonis Haslam on the floor. It's kind of like hockey. You just you have guys that play on the team just to be like intimidators and knock somebody out. Boom. So you bring in Udonis Haslam. Try to see if he can punk uh, a Gordon a Jokic for a second, and if it works, play from there. Like all right, we got him. Shoot. <laughs> Yeah, like it's one like, elbow, just, yeah, it's one. Just, like yeah, just kind of just one of those things, man. You just kind of who was it? I think David West when he uh he vi- he damn near violated Dirk at one point in his career. Mm. Like, you, you know, like what somebody did the 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 they was going, you know, they you got to do one of those just to see if it worked. And if it don't, you're like, all right, well, let's go back to playing this game. But <laughs> <laughs> draw a little uh, bit of blood. It should should work all out. I think so. <laughs> okay, well, I mean. Those are I like the hot takes there. I mean, Ryan, of course, he's always gonna go against me, and he usually is right. So as, as confident as I am in Denver, watch Miami take this shit and stun the world. Because and everyone has picked against them every round of the every, playoffs so literally far. Literally every against the expert. Every no expert I've seen. I don't think anyone's gonna be mad if they win, though. Hell People no. no. Like, everyone's like, you know what? Like it's one of those things where I don't Miami comes off like they could be an unlikable team. But they have too many players that you kind of like, like man, yes. like you rock with them too much just because, like, look the, with the three point shooting game, and I know people with issues with the Warriors and Boston Celtics. I'm not saying people like ugly basketball, but people like that grind, get it out the mud, just yeah, long grit. Yeah, like they 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 still have an appreciation. For Absolutely, and it pains know. me to choose against Butler. Don't get me wrong; I really do want Butler to win this. I'm looking purely stat perspective and just what I've seen in both you know both teams on their journeys to the finals. That's all I'm looking at, and just going the basketball feels like it should be Denver's title to win here. I would love it if Jimmy Butler got his ring. Don't get it twisted; that's my guy. But I just feel like Denver's. They're on a roll right now, and it's it's kind of hard to stop momentum. And boy, a sweep kind of did them justice too. Now I'm one of those people who's also a little weird about getting a sweep. 
because then I feel like you might get a little rusty sitting around waiting for the other team to come to you. But I honestly don't see it being a problem this time. Like, maybe in history we've seen it, but not so much. All right. So just before we end up, I want to just circle back to Mo and just talk about just the music business he's in right now. You know, he's based out of Houston. You're still out of Houston, right? San Antonio. Moody. San Antonio, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Based out of San Antonio. Uh, big, big time wedding DJ now. He's a beats maker, like I mentioned. Can you just kind of walk us through, you know, how you kind of got started? I know you've always been kicking around beats, even in your spare time, but how did that blossom into the career that you're enjoying right now? Yeah, I started selling crack now. Uh, so <laughs> I was, uh, when I moved to Houston, I was a chef. I was working in restaurants. Yes. Cook being a line cook and cook. I started at the airport in Houston and uh, worked two jobs. And then when I was only working one job, my mom hit me up. because like, hey, yo, this company's looking for DJs, like wedding DJs. They had the equipment. They might train if need be. But I already had my general good knowledge of music. And which so crazy, I used to be at the clubs. And I used to hate when DJs out here mixing songs the wrong way or why do you do that like especially for a person that like to dance whatever so i I got introduced doing that on weekends and doing events for a company but i was still working uh in the restaurants even to the point where like i had times where like co-workers used to kind of have an issue like because i used to be off on like try to have off on saturdays mostly because i had an event on me on friday and they wanted the days but so i said go to work early do a shift have my clothes and my gear in the car, leave, drive across Houston somewhere to do a wedding, and then do that, be done, go home, and then got to be up the next morning. Going. <clears throat> so I did that for a long time, and then I ended up working at the Mayor Marquis downtown uh, as a chef. You know, I, I always joke around, pretty much I was a trash chef and a bad employee. It don't matter. I ain't trying to somebody. <laughs> and so, uh, and basically, just I've been doing mostly weddings, though, my whole 10 years. Yeah. That I've been DJing. Um, I've never really had to do clubs. I know how to mix like I could do cliff, you know, but I've done pool parties, but majority of his weddings. Um, and you know, I really enjoy what I do. You know, it's fun to uh, have the opportunity just to find a good time. Like between when I was a chef and when I was organizing and doing stuff with Unite here, like it was just it was a wear and tear mentally and emotionally, just because there's so much to it. And, uh, and then when it comes to beat making, I just it I've been. Since I was little, I always kind of like doing it or try to flip samples and do other stuff. But yeah, it, 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 that's why it made it easier for me to do DJ. Um, the person that really trained me uh, was, he's like a big brother to me that I never had. But AJ uh, or Select the Big Beast, he's from the Virgin Islands. We started working at the same company. And then so I got my homeboy Trey. I have Nora and we all kind of came up in the industry together, trained together, worked together, things like that. So uh, trying to, you know, I do, I still do stuff with other companies, but doing it for yourself is, is difficult because you have to market yourself. You have to do, you know, you got to spend some money in it. And I try to keep things in perspective, especially when I was in Houston, because I, I tell people like, look, having a business in the third or fourth biggest city in the country and you're doing pretty decent, that's an accomplishment, you know, and it's going to be a process. And as long as you know, you, you, you're confident, it's a science to what we do. Uh, it's not as easy as people think. Like, because if that was the case, especially now people be their own playlist, you just be a human jukebox. And you sound like the clear-eyed guy behind the mic, you know? But if you have the ability to, you know your music, you know how to galvanize, engage your people, lead and guide these weddings and things like that, it makes it just a beautiful thing. So, uh, yeah, we're just doing my thing. And, uh, yeah, enjoying it. Absolutely. And, I mean, I think we can all agree, like, when the music is bad at a wedding, that's all people remember. It's what the music sucks. I've been to plenty of yes. weddings where the music just... Ugh, no one's on the dance floor. The DJ's not interacting with people. It's not making it special. And that's literally the only thing I ever remember about those weddings. It's just like, wow, 
that was kind of a waste of time. Congratulations, but your party sucked. So it's a study about that. So like I think on average people spend a lot of money on weddings, probably even twenty to thirty thousand dollars for weddings. Five percent of people's budget probably will usually go to DJs or some type of entertainment. Like people think it's weird to pay DJs so much. But what's so ironic about all that is eighty five to ninety percent of the time people remember the DJ. That's right. You know, you know, the food can be cheeks, you know, like Mm -hmm. the venue coordinator was all right, but people remember if the DJ was good or not. And even if people don't really like not everybody are dancers, some people really love being at seats having a good time, but they Mm -hmm. and this dude playing all the music. They like they like if you can provide a good energy, a good vibe and a good time, that's dope. You know, um, it's just, yeah, it's so many people in the industry, you know, it, it's like uh, the, right now it's interesting because being a wedding DJ, when you say you're a DJ, people kind of look at you the same way when dude, like I'm a rapper and I got a mixtape coming out. Like people are out here thinking like you just like everybody else. I was like, no, I does this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a process in itself. Absolutely. And I mean, man, even my, my own wedding, that's the, probably the one thing people talk about is the music more than anything else too. And that was years ago now. So like, yeah, I think it's just very impactful. I think it's super cool and just just such a cool story of kind of seeing where your music started. And I mean, you still do your mixes now too, but like seeing it turn into something that you really enjoy, you put all this time and effort into it, and the feedback you're getting and people, we're going to get his socials out there very quickly to you. Like, look at his reviews. They're sterling. They're immaculate reviews. People absolutely adore his service and he does have that full show it's not just here's a playlist the couple brought out and here's the first dance and all that no no no. like it's an experience like take it from me take it from his his socials it is something to see so if you're out there if you're listening we're gonna let the man give you his socials but hit him up he is an immaculate performer it's it's amazing to see like i said i'm just i'm proud i'm proud to know you i'm proud that everything you've accomplished in your personal life and your professional life, it's fucking cool to see, man. Congratulations on all your success. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I appreciate all the support and the patience it took to do this because, like, it was it's it's weird to do a full transition change for anything. Yeah, especially when you old as hell and you like, man, I'm not gonna do this anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm home a lot more than I've ever been in my life, so I just you know weekends and you know usually that's supposed to be the quality time, but now I gotta get. Hey, man. <laughs> Before we let you go, I got a quick question for you, bro. Top five music projects of all time. That's deep. That's music a quick projects? question. Music projects. Doesn't right, matter any, the genre. Anything and everything Kanye West has done. I'll start there. Mm. I, the reason why is, like, I'm not emotionally tied to fam to be to the point where, like, it's kind of like people had the issue with R. Kelly. People were like, oh, my God, it's me so good. I can't detach. I don't give a damn about that part, the attachment part, because I don't, I'm not like that to be so attached to something. It's the fact that. Anything and everything you listen to, it was a reason why it was made. Mm-hmm. Like you, if if you were sitting, like I do a lot of driving when I go places. When you sit there and you have a moment, you know, if you want to listen to any album, you know exactly. I remember the toughest time that when I was dealing with stuff and Lewis was dealing with stuff, and I remember we sat all on twenty seventh in Wisconsin. We all sat down. That was around the time eight oh eight Heartbreak came out. That's right, <laughs> phenomenal so, album. And, and think about it. There, there's a there's a there was a moment for. Everything and I understand like the people might have different issues. I just I just put him in general. Like you can take any five out, but there are other like I'm a Jeezy fan, so TM101 Jeezy is probably I, I would make the argument Jeezy mixtape Jeezy might be better than Lil Way uh, mixtape Lil Wayne. Uh, I can't let you have that one. I can't uh, let you have that one. I cannot let you have that one. Outside of what? Outside it's of good what? though. It, it it's a it, it's but a good. 
But it, it's it's but that's what I'm saying. That Jeezy is my dude. So it's like I'm a Kanye West. I'm a Jeezy person. I'm a J Cole person. So mm. even when it comes to J Cole, we Wait, who J J Cole who. Jermaine, the goat, the goat, Jermaine, Jermaine, Jermaine. 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 So, uh, yeah. For example, I remember that KOD project. People, you know, was trying to reach, trying to find a reason not like that, and it's like, no, he was speaking to something that people couldn't even grasp at the time, and that's why I will always say, what can, what can Kendrick and Drake do that Cole can't? Because Cole is the only one can switch off and do both of what they can. Because Kendrick can't do what Drake do, really. Drake can't really do what Kendrick does. And Cole can do both. And in the last three years, Cole has been killing everything. Group projects, been immaculate. They did the soundtrack to uh, Creed 3, immaculate. Yep. J. Cole's albums, immaculate. All his features. Fam, he did a feature in London. Preach. Killed that. Like, that's how Cole do this. And so, you know, him. Um, I have, like, personal friends that I think they're really talented artists, but... Uh, yeah, it's just those three people I really hold hold at a high standard based off their music. And and at one time I was I was listening to a lot of old school, like trying to listen to like when KRS went and the type of sound yes. that was going, just to kind of get an idea, like old outcast. Like yep. I think I think people because it's the same way we talk about basketball. Music kind of has that same thing where everybody had their own specific side sound and style. And they were so much clearer in how they how they approach these different. Now, yeah, and you know, like there's different things, but I, it's so it's hard for me to go project. So anything like like Jeezy, I know TM one on one is always a um Jeezy, even though he has like um like trapping in dead mixtape. Mm -hmm. Then you take uh, somebody like J Cole. This one right here. Yep. But uh, which by the way, we went to the concert, man. Twenty one Savage should not have been there. But with that being said, um, <laughs> the off season. That's what's called. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I was off um, something. This is yeah. It just it it's to me. I I, I tell you this. I thought I like listening to classical music. I, hey. I like I like the idea of violins and pianos. Like I was watching the video on TikTok. Somebody was playing piano in public, and this girl bust out the violin. It almost made me shed a tear. You know, a thug's here by the way, because I'm a thug. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I you know I just like I, I love the idea of just different sounds and music. And for me, like. Down here, I play a lot of country. I don't listen to country in my spare time. I know it works. And then you got the salsa and ange, bachata, cumbia, pongo, hey. like ranchero, you got all that. So, and I, I've been fortunate to do a lot of different weddings. Like, I've been able to do uh, South Asian weddings, a lot of Indian weddings. I've done a lot of uh, African weddings. I've done more than a few. Like, for example, um, there's this person who they were from uh, Pakistan or Afghanistan, Afghanistan. And they had like a very strong tradition. I, I've done it all. So uh, anything to me that has good vibes and sound, but when it comes to albums, I'm just go artist because I can't really put, you know, in certain sense, but there, I, there are certain albums I might protect more than others might, because I feel like it might be slept on or the narrative around it. Like for me, I kind I like Jesus, mm -hmm. you know, but there, there is the reason why I like Jesus. It's not like I'm saying, oh my God, I can't believe it. It's just at the time and moment, because of everything else going on, Jesus yes. was slept on because of the sound, what he did, and literally everybody else has done from there. Yep. Because a lot of the stuff is kind of timeless. You can literally, yes. like right now, we, we forget. People still like listen to Bound. I understand that was like the introduction of him and Kim Kardashian being in the video together. But we forget what leaves on the tree, like uh, uh, blood on the leaves was when it first came. Mm. People were like, yo, like some of these things are just timeless, dog. Uh, uh, I remember when, uh, remember, uh, 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 is that the Dark Twisted Fantasy when Blame came came out? Yes. You know yeah, I mean? that's right. Yeah. 
or when you listen to 808 uh streetlights it's one of two when streetlights street like these are songs where my one of my favorite songs uh he did a song with brandy i think it was also you got college dropout you have uh oh yeah graduation and you have uh uh a late registration i think it's late registration he had a song with brandy uh they try to take me down that's talk about our love no, it's the, it's the uh, take me down, or they bring me down, or something like that. Oh, you got spaceships like That's that song is always right, yes. dope. You have uh, one of my favorite songs, two words. When he the first his first performance ever that people seen was two words when he performed it on the Dave Chappelle show. Two words like, is dope. You, it, it, and the thing about it's it's just one of those things, dog. Like I just I don't know. Like I <laughs> so yeah, my top five albums is uh, if Timberland produced it. Especially uh, the Justin Timberlake album. That was yes, awesome. that was dope. Uh, and then anything produced by Kanye West, working with other artists or like, you know, so it just, I just go, that's my general. I like to go do artists. Uh, I have my favorite artist that's pretty much slept on that I feel like is unappreciated. I think Wale is kind of. Facts. Mm. It's, so, it's so ironic that when Wale came out, people really kind of looked at him sideways after off the no hands. But when you play no hands, guess who verse will everybody remember and sing out Wale. Like, Wale's verse. Like, Wale. that's how, like, that's one of my favorite songs. Band and Make Her Dance is one of my favorite songs. <laughs> one of my favorite songs from Wale is actually featuring J. Cole. It's called Beautiful Bliss. Yes. Heard that song. Really good. Really good song. So yeah, it's a, I have a more than a few people that I rock with heavy. Ludacris is one of my favorite growing up. I Ludacris. feel like he's underappreciated. Forever. Forever. So so I don't really I can't say albums, but I can just tell you artists in general and whatever they put out, I'm open ears. Bun B, Trill, Two Trill, and Trill OG. When I even mm. when I was constable of Moody Houston, I was like, yo, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Awesome. Well, I mean, what a what an episode. I'm very happy you were able to join us, man. Just tons of insight. That's, I mean, definitely something we've been wanting to hear. And just, yeah, really appreciative of everything you brought to the table, man. Why don't you uh, tell the fans, our growing fan base, by the day, where can they find your music? Where can they find your socials? Where can they find you? Uh, You first meet me in a trap because it's going down. Hey, <laughs> I'll play the instrument right. right now. Nice. There you go. So uh my my DJ Ramon is Ramon the DJ, Ramon with the E. So R-A-M-O-N-E. Uh Ramon the DJ.com. I have three mixes on there you can listen to. One of the mixes is like a regular party mix, the other one's more like a cumbia salsa type mix, and the other one's a country mix. Nice. So you hear like the versatility of songs. I'll be able to do a bunch of songs mixed together. Uh so that's the website. Uh, the great since 1986 is my Instagram. That's my personal Instagram. DJ Ramon 1986 is my business page for DJ Ramon. You get to see the videos that I've done. I've I've recorded and edited myself to try to like I'm not the professional, but to see my point of view, what I was able to capture. People really like when I do that. Yes. Um, and you know you can see me on Wedding Wire and not just because when people are looking for DJs, they want to see the reviews, they want to see what people are talking about. Um, and when it comes to beats, I have an abundance of beats. My I started out with Moses because my nickname is Mo, but I changed it to Mozart. So it's right. Mo's, like my name is Mo, but it's Mo's art put together Mozart. You know, kind of like that type of thing. <laughs> so I do. Uh, so I have that Mozart 1986 for Instagram for that. So in general, I, I want to do other pages because like I, I like a bunch of other stuff. Like I talk about any and everything. I'm knee deep, like just very informational about everything down there. Which that's what we do with social media, everybody thinks. But uh <laughs> so yeah, it just those mostly just if you find me great since nineteen eighty six or DJ Ramon nineteen eighty six, I more likely you be connected with everything. 
Keep it simple. Same thing with Twitter. Nice. And we'll get all your socials. I'm telling you, we're going to post them on the description on the Spotify um, for this episode. We'll post them on our board. Like I said, man, look him up. Just an amazing talent. If you if you slept, if you're sleeping, if you're under a rock, like we have to say, time to crawl out from under it and get yourself some Mozart in your life. For the rest of us, man, you can find us at the Bank Bro Show, YouTube and Facebook, at Bank Bro Show on Instagram. And we are the Bank Bro Show at gmail.com. So again, hit us up. I told my wife, I was like, yeah, man, uh, TJ, you know, like uh they, they had me gonna be in a podcast and be on the bank bros. She's like, bang bros. I was like, no, <laughs> yes, someone finally fell for the joke. <laughs> Bank bros. He's that like, inspired our name. That's exactly where it you came from. That podcast? Like, he said, the problem is you know what that is. <laughs> exactly. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what I wanted was that reaction. Because then you look back at them and go, how do you know what that is? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I just seen the podcast. One of my favorite people I like to follow. Uh, he does like a lot of movie reviews. They call it the BBC uh, podcast. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's like black boy comedy or something like that. So right. You, know, like, you got mm-hmm. to, you know, that's good marketing right there. Give them the side there eye. They, they, they know. Uh, bad. Ryan, you, you do your clothes. I'm sure no, I'm you're sure. fine. It's This is the part where we just do our last words. I did mine. Mo did his. Ryan, last words for your fans. Oh, man. Uh, I seen a lot of y'all when I was uh, in Minnesota. I ain't gonna lie. Y'all was bugging me about stories and telling me I need to tell stories about this, then the third. Next week, I'll tell stories about this, then the third. So y'all stay tuned. Oh, yeah. Love the stories, man. Got the clips out there. Again, check us out, man. We're everywhere. Blowing it all up. You're going to see a lot more content coming from us. Hopefully, Mo, you come back and see us again, man. We'd love to have you back, man. Yeah, invite me anytime if you want to talk about whatever. If y'all want to talk about food or bang bros, I guess. You know <laughs> He's going to be all the above, my brother. All the above. But it's, yeah, all cards on the table when it comes to this show, I'm telling you. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. Bank bros are in your city. As always, we are here for you, and you can bank on it. Peace. Peace.